Quantum Kickflip is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network. Locally grown, community supported. Previously on Quantum Kickflip. I don't think I can trust you with your sword anymore. Why is it your decision to make? Because I am your mother. Dad would never turn his back on curiosity like this. <laughs> Whoa. What did you just say to me? You feel that whatever effect that that turbodendron nectar had on you, that it's beginning to slip away. As I, like, try to pick up the, the previous thoughts that I've had before that he can't figure out anymore, he just closes the notebook and puts it away. I don't need to be held hostage by you, by Patterchuck, by anybody. Pull me out of school if you want, but you're just going to keep holding me hostage. I just want my family... And she stands up from the couch, and she quickly exits the room, crying. And Angus walks out of the house. The Town Day concert, someone was streaming, and I think that song, people are, like, intrigued by the drama. You get this moment of, of virality, and you're kind of stoked on it, and, and go to share it with your crew. You actually don't get much response. Lake goes and is just sort of skating alone around the parking lot, and she starts running her ampimeter, and uh, lo and behold, Lake discovers a new portal zone. The events of this past run have had a permanent impact on the fabric of space-time. They've altered the curvature of reality. And if you open a portal here, it's going to lead to a dimension that no one from Null has ever been to before. Welcome to Quantum Kickflip, a Slug Blaster actual play podcast. My name is Robin. I am your host. I am your Slugmaster. I am your Game Blaster. And with me are five of my best and funniest friends uh, who are going to introduce themselves right now based on uh, how, how much stuff is on your walls, pictures, posters, windows. How much stuff you got on your walls? Most to least. Go. Like <laughs> us or our characters? Oh, you. Yeah. You in the room you're in now. Oh. Hi, my name is Michael Vetch, and I've got arguably too many posters in my room, but I'm okay with that and not at all embarrassed. Uh, I will be playing. <laughs> I, I'm playing Nick Lowe, the Smarts Playbook. He's an anime loving, I almost said sword boy, he no longer has his sword. Uh, he's an anime loving, swordless boy who. He's a boy. <laughs> yep. Nailed it. Hello. Uh, my name is Lena Anderson, and there's like seven pictures, a full-on foam topping, two guitars on the wall, eight pictures, nine pictures. There's a lot of pictures, so I'm pretty sure I'm next. I am playing Angus Franklin. He's the Guts playbook uh, with the Skip Mode Runners. And uh, this was Angus's first year back in public school in a while, and that's not going well anymore. My, my poor boy. <laughs> uh, I have five things on my wall, two of which are uh, Legend of Zelda items uh, that are not mine. Uh, oh, uh, and my name is David Ray. That's probably more important. Uh, I'm playing Chester Capone, uh, the Grit Playbook. Uh, he, he is a lovable son of a gun who for a little while was really smart because he uh, drank some strange nectar. And uh, it made him smart, but now it's starting to fade, and he's going back to his normal intelligence. Oh, boy. 
hey, uh, I'm Glenna Showalter. I have a painting from my cousin and a painting that I bought, and those are the two things on my wall. Uh, I am playing Elliot Buchanan, who is the chill playbook, who is a, a, a teen who loves her crew, but also loves playing guitar and playing with her band. And last time her song kind of went viral, and that was cool. Except everyone else was too sad to be happy for her. <laughs> uh, my name is Liam Kreswick. I just moved, so I still haven't bothered to put up decorations after about two months. Uh, and so much so, I even bought, I have foam to, to record a podcast next to, and it is not even mounted on the wall. It's just sort of leaning on this desk, and then I've got furniture holding it up. Um, that is my podcast studio rig. Um, and also, I'm playing uh, Lake Marsden. Uh, she is the heart playbook. She wields the reality cannon and uh, still trying to make heads or tails of the, the wild run we had uh, last time. A lot of her friends got in some real deep trouble, um, but she's just excited because she, uh, using her space-time ampimeter, uh, thinks she has stumbled onto something quite unique. Uh, and as I mentioned, I'm Robin. I'm your I'm your host, your slugmaster, and I record in an open field. <laughs> gives it a just gives it a certain quality that I I feel like you can't you can't fake it. You got to record it in a field to get that. There is a certain nice. quality. Trying to apply noise reduction to your audio is a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> well, because of all the hawks. Yeah, all the hawks. Of um, anyway. <laughs> Uh, yeah, as mentioned last time around, you guys, uh, a lot of you got into a fair bit of trouble. We were, uh, you caught in a time loop, a real, uh, a real, um, source code situation, a real Palm Springs, if you will. I'm trying to think of an iconic movie that would sum it up and I just can't come up with one. Mm-hmm. Um, but like it or not, you were in a time loop. You did manage to get out, but a lot of you ended up rolling disaster. And, uh, as a result there was, there was quite a bit of trouble to go around. So, uh, yeah, with, uh, with that, are, are we ready to play? Are we ready to do some Slug Blaster? Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, then with that, I whisk you away. I keep doing this bit, <laughs> so I'm just going to not make it a bit. You're in Hillview. I take you now to Hillview. It's a bright, sunny Saturday morning in Hillview, but the golden light that bathes the town can't even begin to permeate the deep, frosty chill that has set in. Winter has fully taken hold in Hillview, and a thick layer of snow blankets everything in sight. All along the residential streets, that crisp silence that accompanies a fresh snowfall encompasses everything, broken only occasionally by people grumbling and groaning as they shovel out their driveways and scrape the layer of opaque ice from their windshields. It's the sort of day that's best spent inside, under a pile of blankets, doing as little as possible. But in a modest three-bedroom house at the end of the street, Chester Capone and Angus Franklin are busy eating breakfast and preparing to do just the opposite of nothing. Okay, Angus, uh, I've made your breakfast. Uh, here you go. And uh, Chester sets down uh, a glass full of uh, eggs, raw eggs, uh, <laughs> like his classic breakfast. <laughs> oh, Chester, no. Uh, there you go, Angus. Uh, bon, bon, bon appetit, just like the French say. Yeah, there's nothing bon about this. Uh, <laughs> you, oh, this okay. is what you do for breakfast? Yeah, I, I, I hear it's good for you, or at least according to the documentary I saw. I don't want to know what documentary you saw. Uh, there was a <laughs> boxing one. There's a box in one. <laughs> yeah, that that tracks. And uh, Angus takes the the 
glass and he uh, goes into Chester's kitchen and starts looking for a pan. <laughs> He's going to try to scramble these eggs. <laughs> uh, uh, roll, roll a d6 for me. Yeah, okay. Uh, I want to look cool. Uh, I rolled a five. <laughs> uh, mixed success. You find like a small uh, pot. Like it's a weird, like like it's hard to get the spatula in, but like it'll it'll go on the stove. Okay, <laughs> Angus is scrambling his eggs. <laughs> That's your complication. <laughs> Beautiful. So Angus, uh, you've been staying with Chester for a little while now. Ever since uh, the events of last run left you, I not cast out of your house, but you you voluntarily kind of walked away. Uh, yeah, speak to that a little bit. Tell us what's been going on with Angus in the interim here. Yeah. Um. So he confronted his mom and told her that uh, he had broken into the rescue facility. Uh, The ensuing conversation did not go well. Um, Things were said on both sides. Angus eventually, uh, uh, Angus ended up leaving uh, the house and he has not been back since. Uh, uh, Part of that conversation also resulted in his mom saying that she was going to pull Angus out of school and... uh, start homeschooling him again. Yeah, and I think in the interim, like it, it's been a little while since that last run, you had been attending school as usual and so far no one has, you know, come up to you and been like, hey, you're not supposed to be here. So I don't know if you, like you can tell me if you've contacted your mom or Garrett in the interim, but I think if you haven't, all you know is that like whatever she's planning to do, she hasn't done it yet. Um, and maybe this current situation that you're in uh, has complicated matters for her. Um, which, speaking of the current situation you're in, it looks seems as though you're uh, you're crashing with Chester. Yeah. Um, I think uh, after leaving his house, he did go see Lake in the middle of the night and kind of told her what had happened. Um, but then I think after that, he uh, would kind of weigh his options, think about what to do, decide he wouldn't want to ultimately go back home, thought about who he could stay with, and Chester was the person that came to mind. There you go. And uh, Chester, how are you feeling about this new roommate scenario you found yourself in? Oh, you know, it's great. I think Chester's just on board. You know, I tried his best to make sure that the house is nice and presentable and all that kind of thing. (laughs) And Graham Capone uh, has uh, enjoyed having another person to cook for. So that's that's been a big plus. Not this morning specifically, but other times. (laughs) Yeah, I told uh, like Chester told her to take the morning off because, uh, (laughs) you know, we're getting ready for a big slug blaster run. And so I'm like, I got the perfect breakfast for uh, Chester uh, wanted to pour the eggs himself. Yeah, yeah I, I'm pouring the eggs myself. Graham yes. also does the eggs, but Chester really wanted to this time. She always gets some <laughs> shell in there, though. Like, you gotta, yeah, you gotta watch for that. You, you gotta be gentle with them. It's just hard to figure, you know, just get it just right, you know. Sweet. So, yeah, I, I love this roommate scenario. I love that we've got, like, a, a weird uh, sitcom friend has moved in with the family <laughs> a trope going on. Um, and I love that it's Chester, because I feel like your family, we've established, like, it probably isn't, like, of all of you guys, might be in the the least uh, advantageous financial position to just have another kid foisted upon them. Uh, but I think, as it as it sometimes goes, folks who've been on hard times are... Uh, are eager to help out others in hard times. And I think your dad probably isn't happy about the scenario, uh, but also he's not going to put this kid out on the street kind of thing. Um, and Chester's been bringing in a little bit of cash lately as well with his, uh, I mean, maybe not so much in the immediate re- uh, recent history, but uh, your, your smarts were paying off for the crew for a bit there. So 
I think that has helped to ease this situation, this transition for your dad. Yeah, and I think Graham Capone is like that that classic uh, old lady of who who has a very warm kind of a space for people. So I, I it's true that I, his dad may not be a big fan, but it doesn't matter because it's Graham Capone's house. So. <laughs> yeah, as you guys, uh, Angus, you scramble up your eggs, and, and Chester, I'm assuming you just you down yours as per usual. You um, have to do it quick. You have to do it quick, Frank. Do you want yeah. me to scramble yours too? Like, it's really, it's really easy, and I promise you it'll taste much better. It's the same eggs, Chester. The glass is empty. <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I just, <laughs> look, I... I I just like to be careful. You don't want to mess with the formula, you know. Um, but it's okay. Don't worry. You can you can scramble your eggs. I, so uh, I, I I'm kind of excited for this next run. I think it's going to be a good one. Yeah. Uh, going to. I don't even know where we're going. Lake was saying that it was a frequency she'd never seen before on her amphimeter. Yeah, I mean that's got to be pretty exciting. I mean. Yeah, just think that this could be a a big break for us, and uh, I, you know, I I think that that would be pretty good. Yeah, we could really use some good stuff going on right about now. Yeah, yeah. And speaking of good stuff going on right about now, Chester, uh, you feel your um your M phone begin to buzz in your pocket, and uh, as you look, you're you're receiving a call from uh, Juniper Jenkins. Oh, uh, it's Juniper. Please, I uh, excuse me for a moment. <laughs> Angus winks. <laughs> I, I, I wish I could wink and I pick up the phone <laughs> yeah that's a great detail uh, I, I think it's a uh, video call I like that we're in the kind of alternate future uh, that was sometimes predicted in the 90s where like once video calls were a thing they would completely replace phone calls which yeah. didn't really happen but, no, but in yeah. this universe it did everyone always video calls um, so mm. you see Juniper on the other end uh, and she's in the back seat of a, of a car she's uh, like Hey Chester, I uh, I just wanted to check in before you guys are uh, are uh, off the or outside of the service area or, or however it works. I just I, I know you've got the big run today, and, and I'm I'm so excited to to hear how it goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, it's going to be great, and uh, I'll tell you all about it when I get back. Well, yeah, you better. I mean, we were talking about. I mean, it's a it's an undiscovered dimension, right? Somewhere that no one's ever been before. I mean, this is a huge scientific opportunity. I, I I'm so mad that I I'm already scheduled to go out and uh, to my Baba's house this weekend and, and stay with her. I just, I, I want to be there and, and hear all your findings. You have to promise me that you'll document everything, take thorough notes. And, and I want samples. If you can bring anything back, oh my God, something to, to get under the microscope would be incredible. Um, oh, the scientific possibilities of this Chester. I just, I can't wait. I'm so excited to, to work on this with you. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, uh, <clears throat> I'll, I'll definitely keep uh, really good notes, and I'll make sure to get samples of things that would be good. Yeah, don't worry. I I, I got it all got it all under control. I know you do, Chester. I, I I didn't mean to make it sound like I I, I don't have faith. I trust you completely. I know you're going to do a great job. Anyway, yeah. uh, we're probably going to start losing signal in a bit here because we're we're out in the middle of and it starts to crackle a little. Have uh, okay. Have fun. Uh, yeah, th- you too. And the call drops. And, and, like, there's that moment of, like, Chester, like, closing it up. And, like, m- maybe Angus would be uh, familiar with Chester well enough to, like, the rare sight of, like, nervousness. Uh, Chester doesn't get scared <laughs> of too many things, but, like, there's a certain amount of nervousness as he, like, closes up his phone. What's wrong? Um, oh, uh, 
Uh, well, I, I guess I'm, I'm Juniper is really excited for this trip uh, that we're going on the, the, the slug blasting. Um, and uh, she really is ex uh, expecting me to, uh, you know, really be thorough with all the science on, on the trip. And, uh, you know, that's just a little intimidating, I guess. Yeah, I, I feel like no offense to Juniper, but she does come on a little bit strong with that kind of thing. Is it, is it okay? I mean, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I, it's, it's fine. Uh, it'll be okay. Um, uh, 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 Chester. Yeah. How um, huh? How do I? I hate when this happens <laughs> and I can't figure out how to say this. How good are you at science? Like, um, on a typical Chester day. Typical Chester day. Um. Well. I had a little bit of a, you know, you know, I had my big think and uh, uh -huh. I had some really good insights and um, yeah, yeah, no, I'm sure I'll figure it out. Yeah. I'm, you always I'm, I'm, have good insights, Chester. This is different. Look, <sighs> tell me what happened. Something happened before we went to the waking pits. You've been different. Um... Hey, uh, so remember when there was that um, uh, that that plant, that um, super rose or whatever, um, the turbodendron in the golden jungle. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know rose. if you know this, but like, uh, I, I guess I, I had a little bit of the nectar. I, I found a little bit uh, during the fight with the arborists, and then um, you know, I was like looking at it, and I'm like. No, it'd be kind of neat. I should, I should, I should do a science about this because I had my project. You remember, and uh, you know, I, I kind of, I, I tasted it and I drank it, and then it. Uh, let me tell you, Angus, I saw things you couldn't imagine, and uh, a lot of things just suddenly made sense, and, um, I, uh, I'm realizing it's kind of going away now and i'm going back to how it was before and you don't want to Angus... disappoint juniper yeah that's a part of it i guess why um, didn't you say anything because i um i kind of wanted to think that maybe it wasn't the nectar i was hoping that it was actually me that figured out some stuff and um and now I know it was just the the nectar that made me figure out stuff. Well, I mean, the nectar helped, but I don't think Nick would have come up with a cheesesteak analogy, you know? <laughs> that is a good point. I, I feel like he, he, he... There's too much cheese for him, I think. <laughs> I think, uh... And uh, Angus is not realizing that he's mirroring someone else's words. Uh, I think you're smarter than you know. Yeah, as Chester, in your, as you're uh, reassured in that moment by Angus, uh, you, you you know feel a little bit better maybe. But Angus, you you're maybe a little more plugged into slug blasting culture and tropes. You maybe read a little bit more Slug Blaster magazine. You've heard of like the Turbo Denrod Nectar. It was part of why you wanted to go on that run in the Golden Jungle in the first place. And the effect that it generally has is just like showing you other dimensions, showing you the space-time fabric, and allowing you to sort of see 
the connections between worlds. Um, it doesn't generally like alter your brain in a significant way like this. Like this is not how it affects most people. You have heard of this happening occasionally where someone's, you know, fundamental brain makeup is, is, uh, is altered in ways, but it's not the kind of thing that happens after one dose. It's the kind of thing that happens after like prolonged sustained use, which seems weird here. Cause that doesn't sound like what's happening with Chester. But you keep it to yourself in this moment, because I think you realize that what Chester needs more right now than more questions is a friend. So you sort of leave him in that comforting silence. But we cut across town to somewhere that is anything but silent as Paula the Ape Woman finishes up another tune at their band practice. Oh, man, you guys, I I think we're ready. That felt really good. Yeah, that was... uh... That was awesome. Like the first three times I felt like I was dragging and then the fourth time I felt like I was rushing. But that time, that was on. You guys feel like that was on? <laughs> that felt that felt pretty on, I must say. I mean, what do I know? I'm just the vocalist, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> because of that. Hey, no, 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 no. We're all equal, equal parts of this band. We're all we're all in this together. And, and yeah, no, I think you're right. I think we are ready like this. I mean, I know it's just a couple of dive bars and opera emblem and like. A little outdoor festival in popularity, but it's this is a this is real. This is a tour. We're doing it, you guys. I'm proud of us. I I'm so stoked. I can't believe like oh man, it. You know me. I don't get excited easily. This is. <laughs> I mean, I'm talking more than I've ever talked in the last three weeks. In the run of the show, <laughs> <laughs> Michelle, were you able to get uh, time covered at work? You were able to find someone to step in. Oh yeah, it's no no problem at all. I got it. What about you? You everything kosher with your parents? Yeah, yeah, we're cool, we're cool. And they kind of both turn to you and are like, "Ellie, you you all good? You ready to go?" Yeah, uh, not like right now, obviously, but like you you got everything cleared. Yeah, well, uh, my my dad says it's fine, and my mom is just super excited that I'm talking to girls. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and did you did you tell the crew? Uh, not yet. But, Elliot. Well, uh, we're we're going on a run today, and and then you know I'll I'll this will be this will be the one last run, and I'll tell them and I'll say goodbye to everybody, and then we'll be good to go. We better be our our old label is taking a real gamble on us here. I mean, I think they're just happy to to still have us in the mix after after losing Sam to to Ramona Nova's fancy new label, but. But still, we're we're a little bit untested. Yeah, we got one song blowing up, but they're they're really staking a lot, sponsoring this tour, covering everything, the travel, the accommodations. Like, they they really believe we can do this, and and we can't let them down, or we're not going to get another shot like this. I know you're totally right, and I promise I will be 100% in after today. All right, for what it's worth, like I believe in this too. I I know it's corny, but I I think we've really got something here. You're. Your sound, your songs, this is what we've been missing this whole time, and I don't want to waste this chance. Me neither. Uh, Michelle's like, it's it's okay. We're none of us want that. We we we're all on the same page. Elliot's gonna gonna take care of things and then and then we'll be ready to go. Absolutely. All right, do we wanna uh do the next one? Actually, I, I kinda wanna do that same one again. I felt like I was I was dragging again just a little bit, if I'm being honest. Can we do it one more time? <laughs> all right. Count us in. I think that's where we leave Paula the April. <laughs> you're uh, you're <laughs> launching into yet another run of that same tune. 
With that, we cut over to yet another part of Hillview. It's a small town, but there's a lot of little little corners and nooks and crannies. Uh, to the, the lone apartment building, uh, where up in one of the bedrooms, uh, Nick Lowe is, is making his own set of preparations. So Nick, you were you were grounded in the last episode, and not just grounded, but your sword was was confiscated. Ooh, yeah. But here you are preparing to go on yet another slug blaster run. You're incorrigible. I think I always forget what that word means, even though I looked it up after watching <laughs> Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> but anyway, you. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what you're talking about, Robin. Though Nick Nick's not getting ready to go for a run. He's he's doing homework. Oh, is he? Okay. Uh, Nick has, uh, he's, he's got a, a little work in progress going. Uh, he's been sort of re-rigging an old webcam he had in his room along with some other components that he, he's now got. It, it, it sort of works like a projector, kind of like a hologram projector. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it makes yeah, yeah. it look like he's sitting at his desk, uh, still doing homework, even though he's not going to be there. <laughs> <laughs> now I want to, I want to stress like, you're using your uh, your work in progress, which is a device we've employed many times throughout the the campaign thus far, uh, which just allows you to sort of have a little thing that you've been tinkering with that might give you some kind of, you know, not huge mechanical advantage, but a little boost of some kind. And I think this is a perfect application of it. I, I do want to stress that it, it is displaying a hologram of you doing homework. That hologram is on on a set loop that, like, if someone walks into the room and says, hey, Nick, come down for dinner that hologram will not react in any way. It will continue doing homework. Mm. It's not like a smart hologram. It's not, you know, projected onto a robot that you can touch. And no, it's it's just a loop. It's very Ferris Bueller. Yeah. And I think, like, if things were a little more normal in his household, it might be strange that he doesn't come out for dinner. Mm. But th- things have kind of been a bit strained. So if he's staying cooped up in his room and it looks like he's just still there at the desk, it's... Maybe not the most abnormal thing right now, as, as sad as that is. Oh boy. Yeah, no, that totally tracks. Um, so you've got this system rigged up. The The hologram is is uh, perfect. I think we even, like, it's the kind of thing where we, the audience, we see Nick studying at his desk, uh, and then we see it sort of glitch and distort a little, and, like, the real Nick, like, comes emerges through the hologram of the fake Nick and comes out and <laughs> is like, it worked. Um, <laughs> but you've got your setup there. What uh, What does Nick do next? Uh, I think he throws the last few things in, into his bag that he normally has with him. Uh, this in, includes a ray gun that he has never used in the entirety of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows if he'll even use it this time? Who could say? But he's just like got all of his stuff in a bag. Um, he takes one look back at the hologram as he pops open the window. And very much like the, ver- the starting episode of the, of the show, he runs on down the side of the apartment building off to go meet with his friends. Amazing. And one last question before we leave Nick. Uh, in that bag with everything else and with the ray gun that may suddenly be seeing some use, I get the feeling Nick's Negatana is not is not amongst that the contacts of that bag, hey? No. No, it is not. Interesting. All right. And I think with that, we uh, we join up with the, the full crew. You guys are uh, meeting somewhere, uh, a pre-designated spot, maybe maybe behind the bleachers, your, your usual hangout there. Um, before okay. heading over okay. to the the site proper, um, and one by one the members of the crew show up. I think maybe Elliot is last to arrive, and maybe doesn't explain why or where she was that caused her to be somewhat late. But 
but eventually you all get up there um uh and let's let's check in quickly with lake because uh, we haven't heard from you yet you're uh wh what have you been doing in preparation for this run or, or what what sort of energy are, are you bringing to this meeting uh, I think pretty pretty excited. Uh, she's she sees this as a, as an opportunity. Um, this this sort of was the the result of the last run. Uh, was this uh, you know uh, fine? You know, is because she has some alone time to discover this. I think because it's new, she's maybe come a little over prepared. I think she maybe did some time in in Girl Scouts or or Beavers or what have you. Mm -hmm. And so she's got all the hasware. She's got the logic binders. She's got uh, a, maybe a first aid kit. Um, she's got snacks. Uh, she's also got snacks for the rest of the group. <laughs> oh, very good. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think she's just maybe pacing, pacing back and not pacing. She's not anxious like that. She's not. She's not Angus. Um, <laughs> I think she's just sort of doing doing monkey bars under the under the thing, waiting for the the crew. But she's she's definitely prepared. She's got bags packed and and all the all the slug blasting gear she could need because who knows what we're going into. Yeah, and I think uh, what I'll give you um, for this new dimension, uh, we should talk about that a little bit. So last <laughs> last session, you guys rolled an opportunity, uh, and the opportunity you rolled was a dream run. You get a chance to go on a run with an extra reward in a place you couldn't normally access. Uh, and after looking over the map and realizing there's not a lot of places left that you can't normally access, uh, we decided that to honor that suggestion, we would come up with a brand new dimension that is completely undiscovered. Um, I think... What you get from your readings on your ampimeter, like I'm, I'm again, I say this every time. I'm not sure how they work. I'm not sure uh, what they even look like. But one way or another, the info that you've gleaned is that uh, you're going to need breath masks and hasware, which you guys have, but that it is, you know, a habitable dimension and that there is a, a uh, entry point. The other thing you know is that uh, like anywhere in uh, uh, that you've ever traveled in the multiverse, the, the portals that you guys make use of are one way. Um, you have to punch in one direction and you can't go back out the same portal you came in. So if you guys are doing this, you are taking on the risk that you are going to have to find your way out. You're going to have to find another way to get back to Null or onto some other dimension. Then, then may I add, uh, I think she's packed, uh, maybe doesn't even tell the crew she has them because it's sort of a, 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 a slug blaster taboo to, to pack, but um, she's got peel back kits, I think. Oh yeah, absolutely. That makes total sense. Um, cause yeah, I think you guys all know that the, like, as much as it is a risk you're taking on, it's like, well, we'll, we'll end up back in null one way or another. It's either going to be, hmm. you know, on our own terms or it's going to be deeply unpleasant. And maybe Angus, you know, better than the rest of them. Cause you're the only one who's been through that process of peel back. But yeah, if you spend too much, too long outside your own plane of reality, the universe will snap you back violently. Um, and sometimes does so without a lot of warning. So that is sort of looming over, but nonetheless, the mood is very excited here. Uh, what are you calling this dimension that you've discovered? Because it, as an undiscovered dimension, does not have a name. Have you have has weird gravity come up with something for it? Hey, hey, gang! Before we get into the the, I know everyone probably was doing what I was doing, which was wondering what the name was. Um, <laughs> for, first of all, I was gonna say I technically discovered it. So if anyone gets to name it, it's me. But then also, I was paying attention in social studies class, and like the idea of naming a place after you found it, even if there's things already living there is like kind of uncool and kind of, kind of cringe. It's got big <laughs> colonial vibes. So I think we'll, let's find this place first. Let's, let's learn about it. And I think, I think the name will kind of just like how we got to weird gravity. The name will uh, um, come to us organically and naturally, but I get final say cause I discovered it. <laughs> Damn. I was going to suggest tabula rasa, but you're the boss. <laughs> I was going Very to suggest n n Null Part Two. 
<laughs> Never mind. I'm on team null part two. Yeah. <laughs> oh, very good. Well, so, well let's get well, going. Oh, oh, never mind. Now, I think we should check in with Nick, because there is one last piece of information that I want to give to you guys before we get into the adventure proper, which is that um, I think at some point uh, y'all posted to your, your my page uh, on your on your weird gravity page, you uh, you posted about this discovery, not anything details where like someone could could snake it on you, but but made reference to the fact that you uh, maybe had discovered a route and a, and a zone that no one had ever found before and that, you know. The equivalent of a of a band posting like big things coming soon. Um, it's like a little <laughs> bit vague, but also like, yeah, you you made reference to this. And Nick, I think is it is it safe to assume that you'd kind of handle a lot of the uh, the more technical side of of running your social media presence? Maybe not the like the posting, but the like hosting and moderating kind of stuff. Uh, sure, yeah, I I think that that could as try. the smarts. I don't know. I feel like that might fall to yeah. you. You keep an eye on the analytics for the page and just kind of see like are are you know if you guys are suddenly getting a whole bunch of traffic, that's good news for you. If you're if you're this is the the nineties still, so if your website's getting a lot of hits on your hit counter, um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, the little gif at the bottom that rolls over every time, uh, that that's great. Yeah, and so you kind of track that and try and see like where the attention's coming from and what you're doing and 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 what's working and what's not kind of thing. Um, and after posting that, you know, this cryptic reference to finding maybe a new dimension, your page began to get a ton of traffic, a ton of attention. Like it has been visited just way more, exponentially more than it ever has been before. Um, but all from like unknown and blocked sources that try as you might, and, and you are Nick Lowe, you are the smarts of the crew. You have not been able to identify where this attention is coming from, but someone is keeping a very close eye on your on your page ever since this reference went up. Nick, tell tell whoever whatever mysterious figures are are uh, uh, tracking us that I get to final say on naming it. <laughs> I mean, I I still I haven't been in contact with them, but uh, I'll be sure to tell them if point I the, do. Point the camera at me. <laughs> <laughs> and she just repeats herself. She's like, I get to name this place. So we you can't name. She's gonna correct herself. She's like, I'm not Columbus. I don't want to name it after myself. But just I get. I'm excited to see what's new, and I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> don't uh, get any crazy it. ideas, busters. Uh, and with that, I think you guys head on uh, down. So the whole deal with this was that, um, Lake, I believe that you had scanned the area where where Town Day had gone down, where the, the fair happened in the uh, parking lot outside the rec center. And after all of yep. the time-looping, time-skipping, arborist uh, arriving, uh, drow monitoring shenanigans. Like there was a lot that, that went on there. A lot of strain was put on the uh, on the fabric of space time in that particular spot. And, and that was sort of what prompted you to go and scan and, and maybe what opened this pathway that wasn't, wasn't available to you before. Um, so you guys are making your way back down to that same, uh, that same parking lot where town day was held. As you approach the parking lot, you hear the unfortunately familiar sound of a protest chant. Sure enough, your arrival is greeted by a large crowd of upset adults wearing various doorways paraphernalia, marching with signs and chanting. And near the front of the crowd, armed with a megaphone, you all see Lake's mom. Now, I want to stress that at this point, you haven't revealed yourself. Like, you see this from a distance. You can hear they're making quite a commotion. So you have the option to approach this however you want. Uh, and Lake in particular, I'm curious. How are you making your approach here? Up. Uh Oh fudge! I I I knew we shouldn't have posted about this, and 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 uh, we should have. We got a lot of a lot of hits, but ah, uh, jeez, 
you know, if, if you if you got if you got big news, you really it is really about finding the right time to tell people, you know, uh, and and doesn't deliberately look at Elliot because uh, she doesn't. <laughs> <know that yet. laughs> but maybe Elliot interprets uh, something that isn't there. Um, she's like, oh, really? We got to time better our our big announcements, you know. Uh, the SEO doesn't lie, Lake. This was the right move. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Um, okay. Well, shoot. Um, uh, she's, she's like has flashbacks to like hitting her mom with the reality can and she's like probably doesn't want to do try any of that um I mean it's on the table of course <laughs> um, I mean we could just go for it they're loud but we're fast yeah do we want to are we thinking we'll try and sneak in or are we just gonna rush it I think I think we're just gonna let's just rush it there's really no two like it's a. I'm imagining like a giant parking lot outside of a rec center, mm-hmm. and and I did this whatever little soapbox her mom is on is like right where she found it, and she's just like kind of mad at herself <laughs> and her mom, and is like getting she doesn't get mad often. She doesn't really like show her emotions this way, but she's like, yeah, yeah, we're gonna punch it. Let's 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 get let's grease up this sandwich. Uh, uh, thinking about <laughs> Chester's brilliant analogy uh, from Halloween. Uh, Lake, I, I did manage to swing by the other day after my video hut shift, and I get a sense that from the general coordinates you were describing to me, we're going to have to make a run directly toward your mom. <laughs> yeah, uh, through through the whole crowd, too. And and you know what? I d- Dang it. Look, it, I'm just too excited about this, and, and we're, we're doing it, okay? Do we need a distraction? Oh, I'm good at those. No, I, I just, you know what? I'm going to do it. Consequences be damned. And she, this is where, if you're, I'm assuming you're going to make us roll for this, Robin? Uh, depending on what you're attempting to do, probably, yes. <laughs> we are going <laughs> to charge right into it, right into the portal zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm going to use my middle finger to make this work. Let's yes. go. I'll, I'll just deal with the consequences when she gets back. Uh, and, and like I said, I want to use middle finger. And I think the plan is to put, because Chester, you don't use a board, right? You run. That- yeah, it's like I, I skate. No, so it perfect. I, I was about to be like, I don't want to pull a, a Mighty Ducks reference, but if you move like an ice skate, yeah, why not? Yeah, I yeah. want us to like make a V into the crowd with Chester <laughs> running full speed at them, and it's like the they're just gonna point, have yeah. to get out of the way. Uh, and I'm that's that putting Chester at the front is my middle finger. <laughs> that is exactly what happens. And uh, normally this is uh, where where you'd have to remember and to chime in, but. But this is just such a good offer, and I'm so happy with it. You look cool <laughs> doing this. You don't get a say in it. You are going to look cool. Take your style, Lake. Yeah. Hell yeah. I guess uh, the trouble will probably come come later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys sort of uh, you get in formation. Chester at the front, as you described, and and you make your uh, your ascent. I, I think it's like a little bit downhill from where you are, just so that you kind of can build up some momentum. And uh, yeah, as you get closer you hear the chanting sort of like someone spots you the chanting gets louder everyone does sort of an uproar and then as they sort of realize that like like they go from yelling things at you to like don't you know what you're doing how dare you you corrupting influence on our youth to like that doesn't last very long because they don't have much time before it dawns on them like oh you're not gonna stop um and then it's just a (laughs) scramble everyone starts running out of the way and I think, like, your your mom is caught up in the fray here. She is also scrambling. Like, she, she realizes this. Um, but you definitely, there's a moment as you guys skate by 
where you lock eyes and she she fully grasps who it is standing who's who's rushing at her now um do you do you say anything do you do anything or do you just carry on your way i think she just like she makes eye contact she she smiles and she is just really hoping like her in lake's imagination this is she she's looked at all the other places that we can go we haven't necessarily gone to any kind of like puffy pink dream world like in her imagine is she she's not naive but like all these places are so brutal and and tough and and punishing that she's just like she's imagining we're going to like cotton candy world or <laughs> like hunky boy swimming pool world or <laughs> uh like uh superhero world like maybe everybody has superpowers and shit she's just like we're overdue for a win and i think maybe it's kind of wishful thinking on her part so she's hoping She's going to come back with something cool. She is going to come back for the better and hoping that is going to mitigate any trouble she's in because <laughs> so far she's she's glitched herself once. She's blasted her mom once, but otherwise she's had some pretty incredible experiences with this and there's there's really no stopping her. Yeah. Literally there is no stopping her. You you have uh used an ability that ensures that so yeah you guys barrel straight through the crowd they scatter uh you punch it kick the hoverboards and the armor into nth gear and slide on through and we go now to the plane of well i don't know As you cross the barrier between dimensions, you are briefly unable to take in your surroundings as your eyes frantically try to adjust. But when your vision finally resolves, you realize it's not darkness your eyes were adjusting to, but some sort of inversion. The landscape around you is bursting with vibrant colors, all magenta and violet and cyan, so bright they seem to almost glow, but everything is precisely the wrong color that you'd expect it to be. You find yourselves on a small island of crimson and orange vegetation, and from its highest point, you can see a vast expanse of dark water extending in every direction, occasionally broken up by other similar islands. The water, too, has a glow emanating from beneath its surface, a deep violet hue. As you look out across it, you begin to realize what's happening here. The entire world has the look of a photonegative, with the darkest, most shadowed areas shining the brightest. Whatever property of the light here that causes this inversion seems to apply to you as well, as you all appear in a ghostly blue, while your shadows glow in vivid white. The horizon is tinged an electric shade of cyan that fades slowly into velvety blackness as you look up to the featureless sky above you. The air smells unnervingly sweet even through your breath mask, and a deep, hollow silence envelops everything. Yeah! Oh, that was so good! Oh, man. Damn! <sighs> man, it's like we're inside a photograph, but like on the other side. Digi-dang, y'all! Uh, yeah, Lake's all taking it in, right? So, like, the, the you know, we all have a blue tinge, and then you're saying our shadows glow white on, like, what is essentially, like, a black ground? Yeah, and, like, any shadowed parts of you are glowing brighter, whereas any brighter parts of you are, are darker. Uh, and specifically, Ooh. Lake looks that was my probably question, the yeah. trippiest out of all of you, because your, your glitch, rather than glowing out and, and casting light, is sort of giving off a shadow effect. Like, it's it's glowing darkly. Um, and all of the colors and patterns in it are like you're, you're looking at like a blacklight poster or something like it's, it's very, um, very trippy to look at. Far out. 
What happens if we take a photo in this place? Let's find out. Uh, Angus pulls out his phone and starts streaming. I think it just looks as it does because, I mean, like, no one has a film camera, right? I think if you took a picture with it on film, it would, the negative would look like the appropriate colors that you would expect, but, but everything's digital. So it just looks the way it looks. Um, yeah. Through whatever, something about the way, the wavelengths of the light, the way it reacts and bounces off things, maybe just the way it interacts with your eyes and the senses of the camera. You're not sure what is causing this effect, but everything seems to be flipped. No, this is sick. This, uh, yeah. Lake's just beaming. She's she's very, very excited by, by what she sees and also like takes a look around now, now that her eyes are adjusting. Does it look like there's any kind of danger? Are there are there toppling skyscrapers? Are there, you know, slug monsters in the distance? Or are we like, what's the sort of terrain around us again? Yeah, so you guys are standing on top of, of a small island um, that's made up of, of just sort of packed vegetation, and it's in an, an ocean of, I described it as water, but you're not sure what, what it is uh, sticking up out of some sort of liquid. And other than that, yeah, it is it is eerily calm and silent. There isn't doesn't appear to be any other creatures around that you can take note of yet, and there doesn't seem to be any, like, imminent danger. Uh, and yeah, as you look out across uh, this this sort of lake or, or ocean or whatever it is that you're in you see other similar islands that are not too far away from you like you could probably make your way across should you want to do that other than that it, it's, it's pretty just uh just peaceful and calm these are kind of like classic cartoon deserted island size yeah oh absolutely yeah that's a great way of thinking of it. yeah <laughs> some are bigger some are smaller like there's there's a variety of sizes around you the one you're on is kind of comfortably in the mid-range okay well i I'm going to maybe collect one of these plants here. Hold on. And I try to, like, grab the closest plant. And it's probably just, like, grass. You know what I mean? Just, here you go. (laughs) And I put it into, like, kind of in the uh, side compartments of my armor. Okay. Yeah. And I think, Chester, as you're you're doing this with your sort of... uh, Because you have that receptive ability, yeah? Yeah. So I think the thing you pick up on as you're doing that is, like... This uh, this island you're on seems to be fully composed of this vegetation. Like you can't seem to find like you can't seem to pull a tuft of grass out of the ground necessarily. It just it all feels like whatever you're standing on is all the same sort of plant matter, and you can't like find a root or a connection point. So you, I mean you you tear a chunk of it off and take it as a sample, um, but you can't seem to find like the the sort of end of it. It all seems to be one big thing. If that makes sense. So, like, what I'm almost pulling off is, like, a piece of a root of maybe a grander plant kind of a thing. Would yeah, that and that that you're not entirely sure as to the, like, makeup or, or structure of this thing. But, like, it's 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 a bunch of tangled vegetation and you're able to tear out a tuft. But, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Ch- Chester, they say in survival camp to, to take only pictures and leave only footprints. But then I guess if everything's negative here, then maybe we're supposed to add extra footprints or no, to take their footprints and leave pictures. Oh, I don't know. I'm just ex- and then sort of in that moment, Lake um, walks over to the water and and dips uh, her has weird foot in the water. Yeah, and I I'm I'm not even gonna make you roll for this. I think with uh, uh, I'll, I'll give you this for free as you go to dip your toe into the water. I think just like a little bit of probably not even like from this dimension, but like some of the packed mud that you would have picked up back in Hillview on your way here, or just like a little bit of dirt. Something falls off the the bottom of your shoe, and as it makes contact with the surface of that. It sort of sizzles. Uh, and oh, that... sizzles in the in the water. Yeah, as soon as it 
hits the the dirt falls off your bottom of your shoe, hits the water, and immediately starts to like bubble and sizzle away. Yikes! Talk about an acid trip. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like everything's the opposite here. So maybe like the water instead of it being you know safe to go in, it's like opposite of water, uh, anti water. <laughs> Isn't the opposite of water f- fire? Chester, you're not trying to say that this is an anti-water world, are you? Maybe. Uh, so if we take something from, like, you know, a piece of that, that plant and throw it into this, whatever this liquid is, or a seeming liquid, uh, does it float on the water? Does it, or on the liquid? Um, yeah, you go ahead and, and do a little bit of that, and I think it... Uh, it takes longer than the the dirt did, um, maybe because it's like a bigger chunk. So it, it floats, but as it floats there, you see it start to sort of sizzle away. And now that you've noticed it, you you see it a little bit on on the island itself that like around the edges, there's the same sort of scenario going on where it's like faintly bubbling and sizzling a little bit. Um, not in any way where you're like in immediate danger of like, ah, the island's going to disappear and crumble underneath. Like you've, you know, you got some time, but, uh, but you do see that same effect around the edges. So it, it doesn't seem like this is whatever you're standing on isn't immune to this effect. Well, there goes okay. being, uh, having swimming as a special ability. She like shrugs her shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> right. I forgot that was in your playbook. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, did Lake pack any snacks? Yeah, I'd assume so. Yep. Like, absolutely, did you said okay, that? Okay, snacks. What yeah. am I talking about? Of course they do. For, for everybody. Yeah. 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 Has Angus been streaming this whole time? Um, I think he was streaming for, like, the first minute. And I think maybe he was also dictating, like, hey, everyone, it's Weird Gravity. We're here in a dimension that no one's ever seen before. And, like, some panning shots and stuff. But I don't think he would have been streaming this whole time. I think it was just the beginning and then out. Oh, I was just going to say, if we were filming, I was going to address the, the stream and then throw a snack in the water. <laughs> no, actually, Nick, I had a, I had a similar idea. Um, I, I can I, I also wanted to see what happened if we threw something uh, from from null into the water. But I, I can do you one better. I don't want to waste perfectly good snacks. Mm-hmm. I can do you one better. And uh, in my inventory, I actually have um, one of my items is a pamphlet. Like a doorways pamphlet. <laughs> it's a, yeah, doorways pamphlet, and I've never really had means to use it, and so I think she she takes a doorways pamphlet from her bag. Oh, oh, I want to get this. I want to get this. <laughs> oh, screaming. Do not adjust your screens. All the images you are seeing are truly real in the coloration that they are. Hashtag no she, filter. She holds, <laughs> holds the doorways <laughs> pamphlet up to the camera. It's all looking weird, right, because it's, it's a color picture from our world, so it's got the same... Weird, yeah, you know, appearance Looks that, like that white we ink have. on black paper. Yeah, yeah, uh, crumples it up uh, and uh, tosses it into the water. Yeah, it much like everything else uh, sizzles away. I think yeah, slower than the dirt, quicker than the vegetation, but it it kind of sizzles and you see a little bit of like steam rise up and it's it's once again kind of trippy because it's black as opposed to like a white steam. It's it's a dark steam effect, but uh, yeah, sizzles away and and seemingly disintegrates. Yeah, whatever we're standing on probably is used to having that water splash up against it, whereas stuff from Null, and she has like a little poof gesture with her hand. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, I'm going to take a note on this, and I pull out my little notebook. Uh, <laughs> the anti-water is pretty angry at stuff from Null. Okay. <laughs> well, we need something flashy to do. Maybe we need to like, maybe jump from island to island. Uh, I'd like to roll to pull a ramp out of my backpack, please. 
<laughs> a ramp? Yeah. How big of a ramp? Uh, like a little guy. Yes, you can you can absolutely do that. Let's get a roll from Elliot to pull a ramp out of the old voidware backpack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rolling with two like the chill do. That's a five. Mixed success, yeah. Um, I think it's just a small ramp because it has to be something mm. that conceivably can fit through the mouth of a nylon cinch. I mean, we've pulled a generator from it before, but sure. I yeah. mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I think it's like a like a constructed ramp, if that makes sense, rather than, uh, well, duh, it's not going to be a natural ramp. What am I talking about? <laughs> um. <laughs> but like some, you know, sheet of plywood across some uh, a wooden frame kind of deal? Yeah, yeah, with like the, the grippy stuff on it, that, that hard black grippy stuff yeah yeah, yeah like grip tape, uh, yeah. grip tape yeah yeah absolutely yeah you are able to do that um you get it set in a position that you feel like you're gonna get like this it's a little bit tricky the size of the island that you're on to get enough of a lead up but you kind of put it near the edge without compromising it by putting it into the the liquid um and you uh you feel like you've got enough of a run at it that it should get you over to the next island and from there you can see like a lot of them are, are sort of peaked in such a way that you feel like you can catch, you know, you can continue the combo if you were uh, successful in your first jump here. Um, I have the consequence of this, but I'm going to save it for a moment because I think the first order of business for for Weird Gravity here is like you, you've got your stream going, you've got a ramp set up. I think it's time to, to do some jumps. Snake? Snake? Is Angus going to go first? Oh, I didn't want to go first. Uh, yes! <laughs> Snake! Let's go! <laughs> uh, recap that snake ability for us once once more for the listening audience. If there is any question about who goes first, it's you. And I think Angus is even gonna, like, hold his phone out to somebody. Because he's not gonna... He wants someone to catch him doing this. <laughs> I gotcha! Thank you! Handoff happens there. Um, and, uh, yeah, Nick, you got the scream going. Any, any words for the audience before you guys uh, make your departure here? Weird Gravity, reporting live from a brand new dimension. Very cool. Uh, you kick off and uh, and hit this ramp, Angus in the lead, uh, but I'm assuming everyone quickly follows suit, and one by one you guys uh, catch this sick air going across. And it's it's still, like, dawning on you guys how, like, as, as much as you're starting to get used to the effect of this place, it also keeps catching you in, in unpredictable ways. As you sort of jump out across the water, you see that you're, like, casting... A, a pale shadow down on the water below you, uh, but there's a dark glint up in the up ahead of a, like a ref, the reflection on the top is all in black, and it's just like it's still sort of messing with your brain how everything is flipped here. You're pulling all sorts of sick hoverboard tricks that that surely have names and specific descriptions, but but uh, but we don't need to go into that, and it's not because I don't know a lot about skateboarding. <laughs> yes, hit the other island and and go to ramp to the next one, and I'm not even gonna make you roll for this this first jump. Everyone is able to do it uh, because we still have a consequence lingering and I think that's what we're gonna get to now uh, at some point one of you glances upward and you notice something strange the the black featureless void that makes up the sky seems to have changed somehow despite that not making any sense because it's featureless you can't quite wrap your head around it but it it almost seems closer to you than it was before you begin to hear a distant buzzing sound getting steadily louder all at once, the swarm is upon you. The bugs themselves appear to be made of some sort of pale, translucent chitin. Uh, they have massive protruding bulbs that are doing whatever the opposite of glowing is, emitting a darkness and a shadow onto their surroundings. They are massive creatures, each of them nearly twice your size, 
and whatever bioglumescent fluid fills their bulbs also drips menacingly from their mandibles. Uh, so you guys are leaping from island to island, but you are now being pursued by a swarm of darkening bugs. Hey, weird kids, it's your Slugmaster, Game Blaster, and erstwhile podcaster here to thank you once again for listening and to remind you that if you enjoy the show, the number one biggest way you can help us out is by sharing it with friends and leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. It only takes a minute and it has an enormous impact on the growth of our show. We can't tell you how much we appreciate it. We keep trying, but it's impossible. We just appreciate it so dang much. We are at Quantum Kickflip on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube, so be sure to follow us for new episode updates, memes, audiograms, and more. You can also subscribe to us on Patreon, where for just five bucks a month you can get early access to every new episode of Quantum Kickflip, as well as bi-weekly bonus content like interviews, outtakes, and lots more. Uh, I'd also like to thank our sponsors at the Alberta Media Arts Alliance Society, whose goal is to advocate, educate, and celebrate the media arts in Alberta. Check them out at amaas.ca. And finally, we are proud members of the Alberta Podcast Network, and they have a bunch of amazing locally made shows that you can check out over at albertapodcastnetwork.com. We release Quantum Kickflip bi-weekly, so the conclusion of this adventure will be up on Wednesday, December 22nd, and that one's going to be our mid-season finale as we take a brief intermission for the holidays. But we've got a little holiday bonus episode in the works as well, so there should be no interruption to our usual release schedule. And then in 2022, we will be kicking off the second half of the season and entering the end game. Uh, we're going to get you right back to the action here right away, but first I'd like to welcome a representative from our local Doorways chapter with an important public safety announcement. Well, hello there, everyone. This is Molly Marsden, head of the local Doorways chapter here in Hillview, and I'm here to tell you about some of our sponsors. Now, um, before I get started, I, I feel like I need to impart to you that as the head of the local Doorways chapter, I have become quite vigilant, quite aware of teen trends, and um, I have a few safety notes that I will need to bring up at the end here. But um, first of all, uh, without further ado, our sponsors. Our first sponsor is ATB. With ATB Cares, giving is easy. Donate to your favorite charity through ATB Cares, and ATB will match 20% of every dollar donated to eligible Albertan charities, maximizing the impact of your donation. Visit atbcares.com to choose your cause and donate today. Now, doesn't that just sound nice? Matching dollars to donate to charity. Oh, that's so sweet. But do be careful if anyone signs off their texts with ATB. Yes, it turns out that it's a teen acronym that stands for Always Teleporting and Blasting. Hmm? That's right. So... Something that you can watch out for in case you're worried your teen might be getting into slug blasting. Our next sponsor is the Edmonton Community Foundation. The Edmonton Community Foundation acts as a bridge between donors and charities to create a strong, vibrant community for generations to come. You can start an endowment fund yourself or with a group, and once it reaches $10,000, it can start distributing funds. Vital Signs is an annual checkup conducted by the Edmonton Community Foundation in partnership with Edmonton Social Planning Council to measure how the community is doing. This year's focus is on making ends meet in Edmonton. To learn more about the Edmonton Community Foundation, you can visit ecfoundation.org. Oh, it's good that it's EC Foundation and not ECF, because ECF is a teen acronym 
that stands for extra-dimensional criminals forever. Mm, now that's not a badge of honor I would want to wear, but when it stands for Edmonton Community Foundation, that helps me sleep a little better at night. Well, that'll about do it for today, so I will send you back to the action here. Um, that's all that says. Um, what action are we talking about? Excuse me? Excuse me, what action are we talking about? Hey, Nick! Uh, watch this! Fastball! I grab one of my <laughs> the softballs and I just whip it uh, at, at the bugs behind us. Uh, right, your new uh, your new ability, which is just baseball taped <laughs> to your armor. I forgot about this. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and of course, it's just powered up with my my powered armor, so it's it's quite the heft. Uh, you know, easily like a hundred mile fastball coming at it. So yeah, absolutely. I I think um, let's let's get a couple offers on the table here. First of all, I want to throw out there: I have created a progress track for these. Darkening bugs, uh, opposite of lightning bugs. So, if if your intent is to, as Chester has offered here, take them out, you now have a progress track for for how long, how far you are away from taking out the swarm. Um, however, feel free to pitch me other thing. I don't want to just assume that your goal is to exterminate these things. Um, offers could be if you're trying to get to somewhere or to accomplish some task. You like, you tell me what you want to do, and I'll tell you how you do it. Uh, but we have one progress track on the table of darkening, uh, which is eight letters, um, the way I've spelled it here. Yeah, and Chester's attempting to throw a fastball. What's everyone else doing? Hey, remember uh, the bee smoker? <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I think I'm going to try that trick again. Fair. I, I'm going to Google if bee smokers work on other bugs. <laughs> but yes, you, that's totally an offer you can make, and I'm, the role will dictate how well this works. Um, anyone else? Angus is going to have his Negare out. He figures between his Negare, Chester's softballs, and Lake's cannon, they probably, and, and he probably sees uh, Elliot reaching into her bag. There's a lot of different sort of offensive capabilities we have, but I think he's also going to keep an eye out for if there's anything in these other islands that stands out, um, that maybe they could go to, uh, maybe to shelter, maybe to find a new route out. I think he's going to keep an eye out for that while still, you know, having his Negare out in case he needs to nope something. <laughs> Absolutely. And what about uh, Lake and Nick? Uh, I think Nick has a moment where he sort of absentmindedly starts to reach for his hip uh, and his oh, hand right. meets shorts where his <laughs> sword is not there. Uh, he then just goes back to like uh, continuing the film. He he knows he's with his crew and he thinks they can handle it. So he's might as well get some good action shots. Beautiful. Yeah, I think I, I have ways that we can can work that in. And Lake? They're coming for us, right? Like, we are what they seem to be attracted to? It seems to be, yeah. They are definitely closing in. Uh, her her heart wants her to do the, like, you know, throw throw some bait for, you know, the classic, like, give them something to, to attract themselves to. Like the Halloween thing, right? Like Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I don't know what they want yet, so she's gonna she's gonna level her uh, um, her chunky plasma blaster. Pull, pulls it out of the holster attached to the um, reality cannon. Right, right. It's like an arcade gun that comes yeah, off the side. And levels it, levels it next to Angus. Beautiful. Then, yeah, let's get some rolls from uh, Chester, Elliot, and Lake. Uh, and let's actually, let's start with, uh, let's start with Elliot. Okay. Oh, that's a four. Mixed success. Um, 
I think the way to resolve this, you are able to retrieve the bee smoker. That is what you set out to do. It's a successful roll. You do that. You're having a hard time targeting it. Um, like you're, you're, you pull it out and you get it going, but you're in motion and the things are in motion. And it's just mm. like, you're. it's hard to get them in a clustered area where you're able to smoke them out as it were um so i think that this is uh this is a thing that could be useful to you and and may prove to be useful yet uh and you have it now on your person in your inventory um but you don't immediately take out any bugs and you realize that you might need to sort of uh create circumstances wherein this might work better for you cool let's get rolls from chester and lake okay uh i'm going to uh use an extra die uh, from my uh, armor as a, you know, I'm just uh, putting some extra mustard on this fastball. Yeah, th- I'm throwing the really hard one. Yeah. <laughs> the really hard softball, and uh, <laughs> so I roll uh, a two and a three. Uh, since, cool. since Nick is pointing the uh, the camera uh, at us, I think I do want to try to look cool, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm going to fire my, my chunky blaster here. Yeah, any, uh, any dice or kick being added to that? Uh, nope. All right, let's get that roll. I also got a three. Oh, boy. Oh, no. Not going great for weird gravity. <laughs> so, no no marks on the progress track. You guys do not, I think, you, you both do what you set out to do. Like, Chester, you throw a softball, Lake, you fire your gun. Uh, and it's just, I think these things are just hard to pinpoint because of the effect they have of, like, glowing darkly. It just, like, it's hard to pinned down, especially when they're in a swarm. It's just sort of this cloud of blackness that is following you that occasionally you can see some legs sticking out or some wings, Um, but it's really hard to target individual ones. Uh, And so I think the softball just kind of goes sailing into this cloud and and disappears and you're not able to make out what happened to it. And uh, likewise, your your shot just sort of, uh, once again, looks really cool, comes out of your gun in like a, a weird, like glowing black hue. Uh, but just gets lost in the glowing black cloud uh, and doesn't you don't see any bugs fall, so you're, you're pretty confident that that was a miss. However, both of those were not just... Uh, th- those, those are both total failures, which means we need some complications, uh, and I think I know exactly how that works. Within the uh, cloud, you begin to hear sort of a crackle, and you see an arc of what can only be de- described as, uh, as darkening, dark lightning, arc up and kind of chain between several bugs and then come down with a crack and it blasts. As it chained through the bugs, it also chains between the two of you. It hits Chester and then arcs over to Lake and catches you both for a slam. Uh, I'm going to actually use my new force field generator that I had actually done while I was still smart. And uh, I'm going to protect a nearby teammate from a slam by marking one boost. Nice. Are you still going to get your slam then? I believe that is how it would work, yes. Great, then I would like to use intuition, a new ability that that I have, which is once (laughs) per run I can warn a teammate just in time to avoid a slam when you do mark one style. Yeah. So Chester gives me his shield and I give him a, a hey look out pal you know, shove him out of the way situation. I think it's the reverse order of that. Yeah, you yeah. you give him the hey, look out, which allows him to get the shield up in time to protect the both of you. Yeah, love yeah. it. Hooray. Yeah. yeah, this this force field pops up. Um, what, what color is it normally? I think the color of it normally is like that classic uh, blue energy uh, field that kind of crackles with electricity. Yeah, so it's normally like a bright electric blue. This one yeah. is like a... a 
dark, deeply saturated orange, and it it springs out and and uh, and protects you just in the nick of time. And this uh, this darkening glances off of it. And uh, Angus, you were looking for a, a destination, basically, like somewhere to go that isn't just more islands. Yeah. Yeah. I think what you notice is that this lightning bounces off of, uh, or darkening, sorry, uh, bounces off of the force field and uh, and glances off uh, into the distance. And, and you see that like what you saw as the horizon, sort of the cyan glow that fades off into, into darkness, this, this uh, bolt makes contact and like scorches what you can now see is like, is a wall. There is, it's it's not an endless horizon stretching off into the distance. There is a hard end here uh, that you guys are. I don't think you're like about to slam into it, but you're sort of running parallel kind of thing. Uh, and you realize now that like, oh, we are not in an open ocean. We're in like an underground lake of some kind. Oh. Mm. Yeah, there are there. You are enclosed, uh, and I think because you were looking for it, and because of the effect of the force field, you just happened to catch this, and it maybe it was trying to adjust to this sort of new reality and the way that things work here. It just like, it hadn't quite resolved that that was what was happening until, but now it's unmistakable. You can clearly see that like you are in some sort of underground lake. Can we, is there any sort of like detailing to the material of this wall at all or? Not from where you can see, but I I was about to say, Angus, do you want to give me a roll and we'll see how well you're able to determine a destination because that 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 I'll give you for nothing, just for looking. But uh, if we're if we're looking for somewhere to go or a way out, uh, let's get a roll for that. Yeah, that's wild. We'll just well, Lena rolls. That's a trip, man. Like the the fact that it looked like endless horizon, <laughs> and it's actually like the the walls of like a grotto. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna add a kick from my guts. Uh, in that Angus abruptly changes course and goes straight towards the cyan. Um, but I will uh roll uh one d six for now. Sure. I rolled a one. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. That, yeah, and and so sorry. You you added kick to that, mm-hmm. and your play was was heading straight for the wall. Yep. Yeah, I don't I don't see any other way around this. With a failure, I think you you slam straight into the wall. I think it's still, again, everything being the opposite. Your brain isn't wired to like perceive light in the way that it is here, in that you're really perceiving dark. And it just like is hard to judge things like distances and and whatnot. So this is yeah, you go slamming into that wall. I think the slam I'm gonna give you here is uh, uh, wind wind knocked out of you. Is that is there a shorter winded? way to say wind knocked out of you? Winded, winded, <laughs> sure. Winded makes it sound like you ran up a flight of stairs and not slammed into a flight of stairs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we'll go with winded. That works. You don't get a great sense of uh, the the like what this wall is made up of, uh, but it is slimy. Um, that is what you're able to determine. Qu- question, Robin. Question. Yeah. Uh, did you just Jonah us? <laughs> uh, like, uh, whatever you mean. <laughs> can, can I use my causality hoop? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I want to do that. Uh, mark one boost. You can roll to skip back in time a few seconds to retry an action. Uh, I would like to retry this action. <laughs> Absolutely. So you go careening towards the wall, you slam into it, you, you feel it knock all the wind out of you, um, and you feel yourself sort of start to slide down towards the corrosive liquid below you, and at the last second before your feet hit the surface, 
you, uh, <laughs> you, you engage the causality hoop. Is there a price to that? Yes, I marked one boost. Oh, Kay. and I need to roll this get back in time. I always forget that stupid part. Okay. Well, I hope I don't goof oh. this. Here we go. <laughs> I rolled a two. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> so I'm going to take that first slam of winded still, right? Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm trying to resolve how this ability works because you, you hit the wall. It knocked the wind out of you. You skipped back in time which effectively reversed that and took away that slam. Well, I have but to roll you, to skip back in time. Yeah, you didn't, yeah. so you weren't able to successfully. And I think the the way that this failure plays out is that, yeah, you you do s- successfully engage the, the causality hoop and you do skip back a little bit, but just not far enough to divert your path. And you're only taking the one slam, you're going to take winded, but to Angus, it feels like you hit that wall twice. <laughs> like you still, uh, uh. You, you only skipped back far enough that it you still have the memory of what that first hit felt like. And then it hits a second time. So like the damage to your body is one slam, but the feeling of it is two slams, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so you're taking that slam. I think because it was like two failures in a row, the added complication here is that you're also like... You have hit this wall and you are sliding towards the corrosive lake below you. You haven't hit it yet. You've, you've got a moment here and maybe one of your teammates can help you out. But you you are not on level ground. You are in danger here. Uh, I think Angus like slams his fist into the wall and then he realizes he's starting to slide and he's like scrambling to try and activate the anti-nega friction outsoles on his shoes. But maybe it's just not quite, he can't quite find the traction on this weird slimy wall. And so he's like still sliding down towards the pool. Yeah, I think this is exactly, we, we've had this discussion so many times of like, do the anti-negafrication outsoles just work and you can just walk up walls or do you have to roll to do it? And normally they just work. I think in this case, that's a brilliant strategy to get out of here. I think in this one case, it is going to take a roll because you are winded and sliding and you have very little time and the wall is slimy. There are enough factors here that we're going to need a roll to see if you can like stick yourself. For sure. But this is what he's going to do in the meantime. Other people can take their actions. That's what he's like. That's how he's trying to right himself. Totally. We're going to leave Angus in this dire situation. What is everyone else up to? I was going to say, get ready for me to roll to do that stick into the wall thing. Cause that's <laughs> what I'm planning to do. <laughs> There you go. Uh, let's let's get that roll, I guess. I, I think uh, Nick, Nick's been <laughs> filming this whole time and streaming, and he sees all of these attacks not quite go well. And then we see Angus maybe hit the wall two times, and he goes, "Maybe I should have stopped this stream." Uh, <laughs> check back in. We're gonna we'll we'll see you again soon, Internet. And he stops the stream and uh, tries to make his way over to help Angus. <laughs> Fair, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so the stream is, is has gone dark, and let's get that roll. Uh, yeah, so I will roll my standard one die. I will add a turbo from my sneaks, as well as a kick. I'm adding that kick in hopes that if I can manage to stick to the wall, I can use that kick to also sort of right Angus and help get him up as well. Mm-hmm. I got a six. Beautiful. That's what we're looking for. You sort of take a a jump off of one of the nearby islands. You ramp off of the peak of it just right. And in midair, you pocket the phone, pull your board out from under you, engage the negative friction outsoles and slam sideways against this wall and you're standing upright. And I think maybe just the force with which you impacted the wall is enough to sort of like 
get past that layer of slime and and find traction on whatever surface is underneath. Um, and you reach mm-hmm. out a hand, and with that kick you put on the roll, you're absolutely able to catch Angus. You're standing sideways on a wall. He's dangling from your grasp. <laughs> um, but I think you're able to sort of like lift and climb and get him set upright, and pretty soon you're both sticking to that surface. Uh, let's check in with the rest of the crew. Uh, Elliot, Lake, Chester, anyone got a play? Um, oh, uh, so here's the question. If, if it's evident now that we see up along the wall... Uh, that there is a wall so that means we're inside with perhaps my receptive ability would i be able to maybe try to mark out like some sort of uh tunnel out whether it's you know level or perhaps up (laughs) (laughs) perhaps it's moving it's perhaps it's a contracting and moving kind of a a hole (laughs) i think chester has a theory about uh where you might be um but yes i i think Let's uh, let's just to give you guys a destination. Um, absolutely, with your receptive ability, uh, you notice that um, the the effect you had seen earlier that this uh, sort of horizon was sort of a cyan color uh, that uh, was extending up in sort of a gradient into darkness. I think you you what you realize with your receptive ability is that like what was causing that gradient, what was causing the the darkness was the swarm um and now that the swarm is following you it's sort of moved and shifted and you can see more of the walls uh and it's it's kind of a trippy effect um but i think what pings in chester's brain is like wait the sky above us was dark but that darkness is now moving and following us in a cloud what's up there now and you look up and you see uh some sort of brightness above you um whatever that means to you in this world there is a point of white light straight up uh it is currently out of your reach like it's not something that you could jump and grab um again judging distance is hard here uh but you see a a bright opening oh no we rode this cheesesteak right into a bad situation (laughs) oh boy what 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 do i do what do i do um, uh, well, you mull over what you're going to do about it. Uh, Lake is hmm. uh, looking around at everyone else, finding other alternatives, and is like still sees this uh, this swarm closing in on uh, Nick and Angus, and she's like, "If this is backwards world, that explains why I'm doing the fighting and you're doing the uh, searching." And is going to cut loose uh, a reality prism blast to try to uh, destroy as many of these lightning bugs as she can. Absolutely. Uh, that's an ability you roll for, yeah? Yeah, it's just, it's like her sort of weapon attack. I was trying to think of ways, like, I've got all sorts of, like, concept inverters and subjectivity diodes, and I was like, well, uh, do I do I shoot shadows at them, or do I shoot lights at them? Maybe they like lights, maybe they like lights, but here they're shadows. Uh, uh, s- screw it! And she just, like, <laughs> blasts them. <laughs> just a destructive blast, yeah, I love that. Yeah, so I'm only gonna roll the one, the one die, but I want to use two kick to try to get a total of three of them. Absolutely. Keep in mind that you also have uh, team dice if you want to throw any of that on there, because this is definitely a situation that is impacting your entire team. Right. That's that they are a limited refill. resource and you only have so many. So I can call. refill the hype dice. I'm going to take one if that's the right team and I'll refill them when we max them out. Yeah, sure. I'm giving you all a pep talk. Cool. Then I'm going to roll two die, one from Lake and one from the weird gravity pool. But if this works... Uh, it's going to take out three of them. Uh, and I'd, uh, I think she's, she's kind of having fun. This is like pretty classic slug blasting, like weird, weird <laughs> colored insects are coming at us, uh, as we navigate unknown territory and, and to do cool, sick jumps. It's such classic slug, but I think she's going to try to look cool doing it. She's, she's kind of feeling in her element, even, uh, low rolls be damned. <laughs> Whew. Okay. Five. 
what the other one was a one but i got five <laughs> you got a five <laughs> mixed success all right um good stuff so you uh you absolutely do take out uh you have put two kick on it two two kick on it so you take out three of these bugs yeah d-a-r on the darkening track she fires her lob shot and that's maybe why it worked better than the the um the beam plasma yeah. blaster because it's like it's more of like an area of effect blast um but what does it look like robin like if she normally shoots out sort of like a glowing pinky orb of color glowing and pinky is what this is what is it then in this world uh much like chester's uh force field earlier it's like a deeply saturated like teal blast that sort of uh much like the bugs themselves seems to sort of like emanate darkness from it mm-hmm. but you do see that there is a, a tinge to it it's not just straight black it has a a uh, uh, a hue of of like a deep teal um, and yeah, it sort Sweet. of fires in a lob and then ripples outwards, and you see several of these things uh, fall and and sizzle as they make contact. They, with a splash, they hit the uh, the indigo waters question mark below and begin to sizzle away. And I look cool. Do I get to put a style? Uh, yes, you absolutely get your style. Sweet. The other effect you notice is that as you take out a few of these things, that that like that cloud of darkness that they are all emanating has gotten a little bit weaker. And, and it's almost like someone has, like, turned up the lights in here a little bit. Like, mm. everything, it's starting to hurt your eyes a little bit. It's very bright in here. Um, all of the colors are very, like, neon and glowy. Um, very, very black light poster or glow-in-the-dark vibes in this space. Um, but it's starting to get, like, a little uncomfortably so. Uh, however, that was a mixed success that we got there. Mm-hmm. I, I think your complication is that as you turn and target this, uh, you, you fire it off and, you, and it hits and it connects and it takes out a clump of them and you're thrilled. And then you look back just in time to realize that like you took your eyes off your path for too long and you hit a jump, you hit a peak of one of these without having a next island lined up. Uh, and you find yourself sort of careening off into the distance and there is no no ground on the other side. You're heading just straight into open waters. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm actually, can I nope this? You can absolutely nope this. Yeah, mark some trouble. Sweet. One trouble, two troubles. It's been so long since I've noped anything. <laughs> two, it's two, two troubles. Trouble. Yeah. Sweet. Great. Um, so yeah, mark two trouble. And I think same same scenario. You look back and realize like, uh-oh, I am careening off into the distance. But rather than open waters, it's kind of towards one of these walls. You, mm. you realize just in time and get a hand out in front of you. And you're able to sort of like deflect yourself off of the wall and back on course. And you uh, it's close. The edge of your hoverboard like dips <laughs> down as it makes contact and just about dips into the water. But but you clear it and you're on another island. Whew. <laughs> close one. But you got your style, and you've, you've made a huge dent in the progress track. We're almost halfway there. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, Elliot, you had pulled a B-Smoker. You're having trouble getting an area of effect here. You, like, I don't want to discourage, because uh, I realize that this is sort of a moving set piece here. You can definitely try to take out more of them, and, and we can get another roll for that and, and potentially have better results than the first time around. Or if you have ideas for how to sort of increase the effectiveness of this thing, that is also a possibility. But what's, uh, what's Elliot's play? I think I want to try and take some rubber tubing out of my backpack. Okay. What's the uh, what's the intent here? You're trying to sort of channel it? Yeah, shove it in the in the front and then get instead of getting like a puff, get like a stream going. I gotcha. Yeah, you're just trying to modify this thing. Um yeah, let's get a roll for this to sort of uh, a a general role of can I make my bee smoker more effective? Um mm-hmm. and we'll see how that goes for you. Cool. Highest was a three. Brutal. 
Um, yeah, okay. We haven't really gone into detail about how this device works. You're able to sort of pull things from the ether, from the fabric of the multiverse, possibly from other dimensions. But I think it, it's got to take some fine tuning, right? Like it's, you know, you, you, you reach in and you hope for the best. But I also think that like it, it's wild that you can just summon any item instantly. So I think it's the kind of thing where like maybe you have to set some parameters in order to really effectively get what you're looking for. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's just there's too much chaos. There's bugs after you. There's acid below you. You're, you've recently realized that you are enclosed and, and uh, have to now avoid walls as well as acid. You just don't have the time to like really finesse it. Um, and you, you come up empty handed. I think the the bugs fire off another blast of darkening arcing towards you, um, and you're uh, un unless you have any other offers here, your 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 complication from this role is that you're going to get a slam of zapped. Uh, yeah, I'll take that because I took an ability from the grit playbook back in the day, back in the day, a while back, <laughs> where I gain an extra slam box, and I also mark one style every time I take a slam. Beautiful, yeah. So mark your style, and uh, and you filled one of three uh, slam boxes where everyone else generally only has two. Mm -hmm. Let's jump over to Nick and Angus. Uh, you've both found your footing, uh, your your sideways footing on this wall with your nega friction outsoles. Um, yeah, what are what are Nick and Angus up to at this point? Gastric goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> I've got an offer, but it might be too big of an offer. That's the best kind. Hit me. Uh, so I don't have my sword. I can't mm -hmm. do a lot of my normal stuff, like the, mm -hmm. the stabbing and the slashing and the teleporting and all that. Um, I do have my sneakers, and one of the things I can do with them is I activate my hyperphaser ability. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, you can roll to phase through walls and other matter. Uh-huh. If I threw enough kick on this, how, how <laughs> thick of an amount of other matter could I phase through? I think I see where you're going. Um... The, the problem I'm running into is that you're currently sort of securing yourself sideways on a wall. And I think mm -hmm. the minute that you begin to phase and like lose contact, you're going to also fall. So I, I don't think it's the how much can you phase through so much as like, how do you control your ability here? If I were to get Angus to help anchor me as I begin to phase, mm -hmm. would that be, would that work? <laughs> Uh, to use him as a support while he's still anchored to the wall to to begin like I'm al almost like I'm, he's uh, standing parallel like perpendicular on the wall and I'm standing perpendicular on top of Angus <laughs> <laughs> uh, sure to kind of give yourself a, a bit of a running start as it were <laughs> I guess yeah I this offer is is too good for me to to just be like nope um, so Let's say how how much kick you got to spend on this thing. Let's do a little a little kick uh, auction here. Um, I've got four. <laughs> I think to get where I think you want to go, uh, <laughs> we're gonna need three. I'll give you one. Hell, I'll give you two. <laughs> Yo, dang. Uh, I I take that. I take two two kick. Uh, so yeah, I've got those three kick. I am going to take a dare, and because of my ability double dare, I am getting an extra d6, so I will be rolling 3d6 with 3 kick. And did we still have one team hype die left? Yep. Mm -hmm. Could I yep. use that? I'm going to use that. I'm going to do, um, if that's okay with everyone, and roll 4d6, 3 kick. Uh, Nick, like, clamors himself on top of Angus. He's like, I just need, it's just going to take a moment. I, I've got a hunch that, well, we'll see, we'll see what this does. <laughs> oh, please don't die. I have a one, 
And then a four, five, and a six. There you go. That is a complete success. Um, So describe to me the first part of this maneuver, everything up until you phase through the wall. I think he gets Angus to sort of like shift his stance to like brace with one foot back. And Nick disengages his anti-Nega Friction outsoles and sort of like walks up Angus's leg onto his chest. It it can't be comfortable. I was picturing Angus like like lunging and leaning forward so that you could like uh, balance on his. What, what is the logistics of this? Jesus, on his back. <laughs> I guess like maybe I'd almost stand on top of your shoulders if you were like still connected, but in a lunge, because that would make you almost vertical. So I'd be standing on top of your shoulders, facing the wall, trying to balance, and then begin to step forward and phase my foot into this, this uh, what, what I'm assuming is the type of gastric lining of, of a stomachio. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to give you this because you roll a six, and, and that is a complete success, that you, you realize, just kind of taking in your surroundings, your your hunch here is that you're you're inside of of something, um, in in a stomach cavity specifically, and and you realize that like the the size of this lake that you are in means that the relative size of you compared to what you are in is is a wide wide ratio mm-hmm. that you are very very tiny compared to whatever you are inside of, um, so as to be almost, uh, imperceptible, um, <laughs> uh, maybe a, a faint irritation and that's all. So you realize that like, if, if your hunch is correct here and you're, I'm assuming you're trying to get outside. That would be the hope. <laughs> May I add something as a result of this kick? Sure. Before Nick starts to phase, maybe even before he detaches with his outsoles, I think Angus will um, pull out some of the rope of his grappling hook and loop it around Nick's arm (laughs) so that if something goes bad, he can either pull Nick back or pull himself to Nick, question mark? If I'm phasing what I also phased through the rope, there's a lot of physics going on here. (laughs) Yeah, there sure is. I think... Your your clothes come with you. The rope comes with you, and yes. and well, that's the, as far as I want to think about the logic of this, because otherwise it's going to start to hurt my brain. Um, I just want to be attached to my buddy. So yes, I think you're able to do this. But yeah, what you realize is that based on size ratios here, like if you're going to pass through ev- all of the the matter between you and outside, you're going to really need to send yourself here. It's going to have to be less of a step and more of a leap, you know? Hmm. Is is Nick going to take this leap of faith? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> and I think the the last part of him to sort of pass through as it goes forward is his hand as he uh, passes Angus's phone back to him. <laughs> he's, he's not going to disappear with Angus's phone yet again. <laughs> Fair. Um, so yes, this you roll the success here. You are able to make yourself intangible. You launch yourself straight at the wall and pass through it. I don't think you're able to perceive what happens between where you were and where you're you're inevitably going to end up. I, I don't think you have like, in a weird way in this dimension, I don't think you have dark to see by rather than being like an all encompassing darkness. As soon as you pass through that wall, everything gets so, so blindingly bright. It feels like you are just being barraged on all sides by the brightest, brightest floodlights, and you just can't get a sense of of what you are moving through or what is happening until you finally emerge out the other side, at which point 
the light dies down and you're able to sort of blink in the eye clear your vision. Um, and not a moment too soon because you realize that uh, you, you, you look back behind you and you see a wall that you have emerged from uh, and you look out in front of you and you see just an expansive, endless void, uh, a vast darkness that stretches off in all directions. And I think you'll be able to get a little bit more of your bearings, but with that complete success, we're in a, you're, you're gonna just barely grab a handhold and you are essentially like free climbing at this point. You are clung to the, the, the surface of whatever this thing is and you are hanging on for dear life. But you made it through and uh, you've got a hold and we're gonna leave you on a literal cliffhanger. <laughs> <laughs> so we're 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 running we're jumping we're going from thing to thing mm-hmm. uh chester gets this idea he wants to stop and he's going to instead engage the heavy duty servos to do a, a great jump towards the wall and mm-hmm. he engages uh the, the the spike that comes out of his gauntlets to like Normally, that would break up rocks and everything like that. He's going to put that out. He's going to try to stab it into the wall. Mm-hmm. With his other hand, he's pulling out his danger arc, which is that, uh, you know, it feeds electricity and all that kind of stuff. It's Yeah, your equivalent of a ray gun, yeah. Yeah, and I'm just going to jab that also into the wall and engage it as much as I can. Okay, so you're you're trying to both secure yourself to the wall with this spike but also mm. directly attack the wall. That's correct. Okay. Uh, I saw this in a space documentary once. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. Let's get a roll for that. I, I'm going to just assume I'm going to have to use my other boost to do this. I'm also going to use a grit dice. And I'm going to try to look cool as I do this. Okay. This big old jump. <laughs> so what did you roll? <laughs> uh, how about a two and... Two sixes. Hey. hey, there it is. So I assume as I, I do that, get that, uh, the blight out, you know, as I said, with that danger arc in the other hand, jump, uh, push it into the wall and jab it in. Is there, I don't know, any uh, reaction to that? Yeah. So you make contact with the wall. You secure yourself to it with this spike. And yeah, I think you get a better sense. Uh, everyone else has sort of got... It's is slimy in here, but I think that uh, from from your perspective now, you're kind of up close and personal with it. And maybe Angus and, and uh, Nick figure this out in short order as well. The wall is is hard, but not doesn't feel like rock. Um, it, it is it is dense, but not not stone. And so your your spike goes in a little easier than you maybe would have expected it to if you were jumping at a rock surface. I think the re- the reaction from this is just you hear a a very loud, all-encompassing rumbling that sort of, you can't even tell where it emanates from. It seems to be all around you, and it sort of shakes everything. <laughs> what reaction were you looking for there, Chester? Because I feel like I should reward a double six, but like that is that is what, what I feel would happen. Well, I, I just kind of figure, you know... Today, I've been thinking about these eggs that I uh, drink every morning and how it does make my f- stomach feel good. And, uh, <laughs> you know, sometimes when there's something bad in your stomach, it sometimes gets you to just uh, evacuate you all together. <laughs> so that's what I'm kind of thinking. I'm thinking I'm in some sort of, as I said from the space documentary, 
that mm-hmm. uh, you know maybe uh, it'll help force us out. Yeah, um, sure. Let's let's uh, let's say that the uh, the surface of the water goes from looking calm and placid to a little angrier. But I like I think with the six here, like yeah, you do get a reaction which maybe confirms some suspicions you've got. However, I I think uh, the the piece of information I'll offer up to you is that uh, that fluid below you is highly corrosive, um, and maybe you don't want to agitate that too much. <laughs> mm. I have an idea now. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> I'm going to give up on the bee smoker. I don't care about it anymore. I shove it back in the bag. Okay. <laughs> what I would like to pull out instead mm-hmm. is a fire extinguisher. Okay. Playing all the greatest hits of Elliot's Voidware backpack. I know, <laughs> but I have a specific idea. Okay. I'm going to take a hype die if people are cool with that, because I've been rolling butts today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so I'm rolling three. Mm-hmm. That's a five. Mixed success. Yeah, you are able to pull this. Uh, it was a fire extinguisher that you were trying to pull. Mm-hmm. Looks uh, looks bright green in this uh, in this inverted universe, but very clearly a fire extinguisher. Uh, this is like you're trying to pull this from null or something close enough to null that it is like a familiar, like a fire extinguisher you would find where you're from. Yeah. Yes. S- something that is specifically filled with the regular fire extinguisher uh, chemical sodium potassium carbonate. Oh, okay. <laughs> Which is. I have a feeling I'm about to learn some science. <laughs> a base. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Uh, yes. I feel like, yeah, we're getting towards, I, I think you guys are all making big offers here. So I'm, I'm just gonna hit you one more time with that same, that same old song and dance. You see that arc of darkening crackling in the cloud of bugs. It crackles from one to another to another and then slams out and hits you full force. Uh, and you're going to take a second slam from this unless there's anything you want to do about that. Yeah, I'll nope this one. Why not? Okay. <laughs> uh, I only take one trouble when I use the nope ability, so. You're able to swerve out of the way just in time and narrowly avoid this. Um, I think it once again glances past you and, and connects with the wall, once again leaving a scorch, and you hear another one of those rumbles, um, and the surface of the water seems to get even more agitated here. Oh, geez, team, we uh, we got to get our act together. Whatever this place is, it, it uh, doesn't like us uh, screwing around. Uh, I don't think Lake has maybe put together what some of the other people have put together. She's still <laughs> expecting this is some kind of, like, beautiful new, not paradise necessarily, but, like, again, she came into this so optimistic yeah. that the idea this uh, uh, might be anything other than, like, a grotto in a tropical island is uh, <laughs> un- untenable to her. Oh, poor Lake. Um, but meanwhile, what are what are the rest of y'all up to? Elliot, you had something you were attempting there. I think it's time we pay that off. All right, gang. This might be the last thing we do together. I'm willing to try anything. So, uh, Robin, do I have to roll anything to pull the pin and squeeze and just pump the entire contents of this fire extinguisher into the acid around me? Uh, hmm. Hmm. No, you know, you do not need to roll. I'm going to make the executive decision. Describe to me what you do, and I'll tell you the result. (laughs) Um... She's still careening around on these islands, right? Mm-hmm. She pulls the pin, holds the uh, fire extinguisher under her arm and squeezes it so that it trails out behind her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like a jetpack. Like a jetpack and will land in the uh, <laughs> all of the acid as she goes around to make a cool uh, pattern 
of of darkness, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna give two opportunities here. First of all, Angus, you have your phone back. You filming this? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, he's kind of in an interesting position where like he's pinned up against the wall. And I don't think his skip modes are very helpful to him right now. And also his gun is currently a grappling hook that he can't use. Um, so in terms of like helping the plan along, there's not much he can do. But his phone is right there in his hand and he's got an excellent vantage point. So hell yeah, he's filming this. Yeah, so I think, uh, Elliot, you're able to do this. Um, Angus is filming. I'm, I'm going to give you an opportunity here of like, you're not going to need to roll to pull this off, but if you want to throw some kick on it, it might help to have the impact that you're looking for it to have. Because again, the big thing to remember here is that you are very small and this space is very large. Um, so it's all a matter of like, how how big of an effect can you have? Yeah, I'll throw some kick on there. I pulled it from my Voidware backpack, so I might as well use the kick from that. Perfect. So we're adding, we're adding one kick to this maneuver. Yeah, unless you think it needs more. <laughs> I'm I, I'm trying not to uh, to manufacture this too much, so I'm just gonna tell you that like the bigger the effect you want, the more kick you may need to spend. But your your call ultimately what you want to, because I realize it's also a limited resource that you only have two of total. So. I only have two kick, but you know what? I never use kick, so let's 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 burn both of them. <laughs> nice. So here's what I think happens. We've, we've got two things going on at once. Chester, you're still gouged into that wall, just pummeling it and giving it all you've got. Uh, as Elliot, you begin to empty this canister into the waters below you. And I think as Chester's efforts combine with the stray darkening bolt blasts, the water uh, begins to churn and roil and rise up. And it's, it's pretty clear that all four of you that are still in this chamber are in immediate danger of getting caught in this this rising corrosive tide. But Elliot, you're ramping from island to island, doing sick jumps and spraying this thing up behind you like a jetpack, and it begins to react with the liquid and the acidic and basic properties cancel each other out just in time. And uh, the four of you are caught in this tide uh, and you're forced up to the top of the chamber into that bright blinding opening up at the top. Uh, but the water is no longer corrosive. At least near the surface of it, it's been neutralized to a degree where your hasware protects you. Uh, I think just for convenience, we're going to say that this also takes up a few remaining darkening bugs and clears that progress track. Uh, so you are no longer under attack by the bugs, but the trade-off here is that without their sort of inverted glow that they were casting, there is no longer any source of darkness, mm. and you all find yourself swept away into a tunnel that is just like blindingly, all-consumingly bright. It's the polar opposite of pitch black, whatever that would be. And uh, and you can't see anything through the glare. What happens to the tether? Um, are you just sort of letting it run or have you, have you like locked it off and pulled it tight? Uh, Angus was not, uh, didn't have it locked, but he also doesn't know how far it needs to go, you know? Yeah, I think, I think you have a moment as you're being carried upwards that you realize that it is rapidly unspooling um, and you're left with the choice of like, are you going to let it unspool and either, I don't know how your gun works, does it just the line runs out and, and drops away or does it yank your gun out of your hand? Uh, or are you going to lock it off and try and pull Nick with you? I think he pulls. I think he tries to pull Nick back through. Fair, yeah. You're able to do that. Like, I don't think you need to roll or anything. You lock it off and the rope goes taut. 
Um, and Nick, out where you are, again, you're you're there is a massive wall that you have sort of found your your grip on, and you don't get a great view from where you are. Like you you a it hasn't been a lot of time, and b you are just so small, and this surface is so vast that it sort of just goes off into a haze. So you haven't had a lot of time to really like plot out your course here. You feel the ropes start to go tight. I think your options here are you can phase and let it pull you along with your friends, or you can cut it and continue to explore your new environment. What does Nick do? I don't know that he'd be able to phase all the way back through again. It took a lot of kick to get through there. <laughs> oh boy, it sure did. Um, I think he feels it and it sort of starts pulling him tighter up against the thing, almost to a point where it feels like it might shake him loose of his grip. And he realizes he just has to... He just has to undo it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you're able to... It's it's a little dicey, but you're able to pull. And uh, in one smooth motion, it, it unravels and zips back through the wall and and uh, is immediately disregarded and all of the physics of it can be forgotten and, and no longer uh, <laughs> torment our, our poor brains as to how tangible or intangible this rope is at any given time. Um, and you are left there dangling from an enormous featureless wall that glows a faint purple and extends in all directions for further than you can see from your current vantage point. Uh, when you look out at the wall, you see darkness, just a, a vast empty void. Uh, but you get the sense that it might not be that there's nothing out there, but just that it's all too far away from you for you to see clearly or, or even process. Uh, you get a vague sense of shapes in the distance, but you can't quite make sense of them. You're able to engage the negafriction outsoles on your sneakers and plant your feet onto the wall, effectively rotating the entire world like 90 degrees around you. Uh, but gravity is still pulling you straight down. So even though you've got your feet under you, uh, moving is still a struggle. From this new perspective, you can tell that the wall is somewhat convex and your current position seems to be at the outermost point of the curve. The gravity is pulling you down. Which direction do you head in relation to down? <laughs> Uh, in the direction that would help right gravity for me. I'm, I'm trying to get to a point where I don't have to exert myself in this way and I can just sort of stand and, and yeah, totally. sort of then t you're going, reassess. You're going up. That's fair. Back in the chamber, um, you guys are swept up in this wave. As you ascend, you feel the tunnel begin to curve and level off and eventually, finally, you are expelled out into another chamber. Some of the liquid forms a puddle beneath you, uh, but the bulk of it recedes back down the tunnel behind you, uh, leaving you drenched, battered, and sprawled on the floor. This new chamber isn't quite as massive as the underground lake you left behind, but it's still expansive. Uh, the roof of the chamber arches above you, giving you the sense of an empty, echoing cathedral. The far wall appears to be made up of impossibly large boulders stacked in a tightly sealed formation. The only source of darkness to see by in here other than Lake's Glitch are a few thin beams that filter in through the tiny cracks between the boulders. It is still extremely difficult to see in here, and uh, the floor is coated in a thick layer of slime that was also present in the tunnel. Uh, but there doesn't seem to be any way out of this chamber besides the way that you came in. Whew, what a wild, wild ride. Oh, yeah. Good job, Elliot. Yeah, that, that worked out pretty well. Um, uh, wh where's Nick? Huh. Uh... Funny thing. Uh. And Angus, like, looks down at the phone in his hand, <laughs> shuts the stream off, uh, looks at his ray. the grappling hook is, like, fully receded. He's like, Nick kinda went through the wall, and I wasn't able to pull him back. So... 
I lost him, I guess. Wait, oh, gee, no, you you didn't you didn't lose him. He he, he made this call himself. Oh, this is. I hope this isn't the golden jungle all over again. Wait, no, 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 no. Don't. It's. I knew, right? Like I I helped him phase through the wall, and now maybe he couldn't phase back. Uh huh. Well, I mean, I I I'm pretty sure that we're inside. Uh, somebody, right? So if he went outside, then he might be just out, like, on the belly or something like that. Wait, what do you mean inside someone? Yeah. Oh! <laughs> it just, it just hits Lake now, which she's like, I, oh, 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 and then she's like, ew! And, like, the the water she was, like, tossing off previously, <laughs> like, in a much more, like, swimsuity kind of way, is now she's like, you get it off you! Oh, Huh. Uh, now yeah. I wish you had gone for a swim. <laughs> she like flicks some of the water at Angus, like off her glove. And she's just she's over it now. But it yeah, it took her took her a minute for that to to piece together what was happening. She was so transfixed by the weird color inversion. <laughs> okay, well, that means we if we're in the mouth here, um, let, let's I, and I start wandering over towards the teeth because that's where the the corner of the mouth has got to be right. Can, can I see that much? Like, I, I guess I can take my uh, danger arc and try to use it for like a little bit of light. Yeah, you can you can cast a little bit of darkness. I think that's a great idea because as as described, like it's pretty hard to see. It is still very very bright in this chamber. There's like a few beams of darkness coming in, but it's it's still uh, still hurts your eyes to to look around. So yeah, you pull out your danger arc and you're able to sort of cast a faint dark glow uh, on your surroundings, and you head off towards the. Uh, towards the boulders that make up the front wall. Uh, you guys seem to have a theory about where you are, but I'm neither confirming nor denying anything. <laughs> uh, uh, what is everyone else up to in this moment? I think while Chester is investigating uh, the strange boulders in this cave, mm-hmm. uh, Angus is going to pull out his phone. Okay. And I think he's going to just try to call Nick. Uh, yeah, you do that. Um, Nick, uh, over over where you are, you feel your uh, your M phone begin to vibrate. I guess if I've got a, a decent enough grip on the outside between my outsoles and if there's anything that I can hold on to, I, I try and reach for uh, the ringing phone. Uh, I just want to note that his, his ringtone is also a very, very uh, artifacted version of, of the Cowboy Bebop theme song. It's just oh, like, very good. Uh, <laughs> Old cell phones did not have the best MP3 capabilities, but he's he managed to get it in there. <laughs> I love that they're at once, yeah, the, the contradiction of this world we've built, that it's like they're at once super advanced and can function in other planes of existence, but also like you can't fit a whole MP3 file on there. No, you got to MIDI that shit. <laughs> Don't be ridiculous. Uh, but he pulls out the phone and and he's gonna he's gonna answer uh hello hey oh angus i'm sorry i'm sorry i had to let go of the rope i i i didn't mean to ditch you but i i just it was it just took so much to face through and i i didn't think i'd be able to make it back so i i had to cut the i had to cut the cord okay uh so you're like still on the other side of this thing like can you um we went up Oh, you went up from... Oh, so you're, like, toward its head, maybe? Well, like, in the mouth, I think. Okay. Well, I'm slowly making my way up toward wherever gravity feels the best, so... I, I might be able to meet you up there, I guess. Um, yeah. 
maybe you can slip rattle up? I don't know how far you're able to slip rattle. Well, without my sword, I, I think I just have to take it the old-fashioned way. Ah, damn Walking it. up a wall. I'm sorry, I just, like, I lose sight of you for one second, and I immediately, like, picture you with the still having a... Sorry. Ah. <laughs> no, it's okay. I I keep forgetting to. And I think that's where we leave this conversation. Not necessarily because that's where you hang it up, but because in this moment, a couple of things happen. First of all, Chester, as you make your way through the chamber, you begin to feel disoriented as something like vertigo sets in. It almost feels as if the room is slowly, subtly shifting. And suddenly your suspicions are confirmed as in the center of the room, the floor of the chamber begins to rise up and bend, forming a gigantic slimy mass. This featureless slug creature writhes and twists and begins to slam into the walls and the ceiling and you struggle to maintain your balance as the floor moves beneath you. And meanwhile, Nick, you begin to see a peculiar sight. As you move across the terrain, the ground around you begins to glow, faintly at first, but steadily brighter until it is a blinding white. It takes you a moment to realize what's happening, but suddenly it hits you. You're in the middle of a massive inverted shadow. The pool of brightness extends in the distance all around you, but along one edge it splits off into five long, narrow channels. You look up to find an impossibly large glowing palm, filling the darkened sky above you, each of its five long fingers arched slightly, getting larger and larger as it descends upon you. Hand! Hand!